When son number three was born, I took him to uh, a naturopath for some testing because he had really bad colic. And what the naturopath told me was that he had high levels of aluminum and plastics in his system. And I thought that was impossible because he was breastfed and quote unquote, I don't want like, I'm trying to be funny, but breast is best is what they always tell you. And so I'm like, how could it be? And, but it was what I was putting on my skin was going into his breast milk. So the deodorant, those plastics and phthalates were going in, my body lotions were going into the breast milk and he was absorbing that. And so I started researching recipes for natural deodorants. And so for a couple of years, I had a bowl under my bathroom sink that was just coconut oil and baking soda. And that was my deodorant for years. Hi everyone, I'm your host, Karen Bond, founder and creative director of House of Bond, the interior design studio in Vancouver. Over the past 15 years of running my firm, I've learned a thing or two about what makes a creative business successful. Everything from sales to operations to marketing. I mentioned that I have a Netflix show, right? Well, I've always said that in order to grow professionally, you have to grow personally. Leveling up requires pushing past your comfort zone, taking risks, and sometimes making mistakes. This podcast covers all of the above. I talk to inspiring entrepreneurs and prolific creatives about their own business journeys. The stories include acts of courage, moments of self-discovery, failures, victories, and all the learning in between. My goal with this podcast is to build community and serve you by providing advice, insight, and aha moments that you can apply to your own business and life. Take what speaks to you and leave the rest, but join me on this journey and welcome to my show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. So I don't know about you, but I am always in search of great wellness beauty brands. Cape Your Naturals is exactly that. It's a skin and body care brand that's cruelty-free and handmade. And let me tell you, their products smell so good. I use the gentle lavender wash on Madison's hair during bath time. And then I sniff her hair for like three days after because it just smells so good. Okay, well, this is not an ad. Karen Hookstra is the entrepreneur behind Cape Here Naturals, and I had the pleasure of speaking with her for this podcast. We talk about how she essentially started the company by accident in her kitchen in 2016 when she found a need to create natural beauty products for herself and her four small children. The brand is now found in over 300 stores across Canada, which is no small feat. I love this conversation because we talk about startup, we talk about the growing pains and the early days of building a product-based business, as well as what it takes to be a great boss. And I could go on for hours on this topic, you guys. Well, I hope you enjoy the podcast as much as I did. Here is my conversation with the incredible founder of KPR Naturals, Karen Hookstra. Were you an entrepreneur before you started Cape Here? That's a great question. I always called myself an entrepreneur, even when I worked downtown Vancouver selling insurance. So I okay. think it was just this thing. This is what I wanted to be one day was an entrepreneur. And then uh, I have four kids. And with the birth of each kid, I just like when my first son was born, I didn't want to go back to work to a desk job. And so I got certified as a personal trainer and then kind of started my own like stroller strides class back then. So he would be in the stroller and I would do like a boot camp class for other moms in their strollers. And then when son number two was born, I was still doing that, like just meeting at parks and, and rec centers and stuff. And then I actually started knitting hats, like baby hats. <laughs> And that was a little business I had for a while, business, quote unquote. Uh, and then by son number three, I had three under three and was still lugging them all to the rec center to teach stroller stride boot camp. And then a few years later, I opened my own little fitness studio in Abbotsford, which is was a 20 minute drive from Mission. And it was a women's only fitness studio and we did boot camp and personal training. And the idea was to remove any obstacles that new moms had to working out. So we'd have a 6 a.m. class, we'd have a 9 a.m. class, a 6 p.m. class. We offered childcare to all the classes. So there was oh really no, gosh. they could bring their babies in strollers. Like That I've, sounds right up my alley right now. Yeah, right? <laughs> so just wanted to eliminate that and it was women only. Um, it was always just about getting stronger, not like losing weight or losing inches. It was always about like, hey, you want to be able to put your own stroller or load your own Costco 
order into your into the back of your truck, like just about being stronger for your kids. Um, and then I had the gym for a few years. Then my daughter was born. And then I started making, rewind a little bit to when son number three was born, I took him to uh, a naturopath for some testing because he had really bad colic. And what the naturopath told me was that he had high levels of aluminum and plastics in his system. And I thought that was impossible because he was breastfed and quote unquote, I don't want, like, I'm trying to be funny, but breast is best is what they always tell you. And so I'm like, how could it be? And, but it was what I was putting on my skin was going into his breast milk. So the deodorant, those plastics and phthalates were going in, my body lotions were going into the breast milk and he was absorbing that. And so I started researching recipes for natural deodorants. And so for a couple of years, I had a bowl under my bathroom sink that was just coconut oil and baking soda. And that was my deodorant for years because I didn't want that going in my body yeah, anymore. No kidding. When I uh, was pregnant, I stopped using deodorant and yeah. haven't started using deodorant again. But I do know that you have a deodorant product yes. that I really want to try yes. <laughs> for that reason because I, I think I had heard or, or seen online or something like that that the, the aluminum can get into your breast milk and then yeah. just also that the aluminum and deodorant is not good for you. Yeah. Um, so when you took your third son in, mm -hmm. what how did they, I'm just curious, how did they find that? Were they doing tests? They did or? this test. I don't even remember exactly what the test was, but some naturopath type of, it was like an allergy testing and that's what the results came up. And it came, like I had to eliminate a bunch of things from my diet to help with this colic, but that was another thing that showed up. And it was weird, it was random things, like I couldn't eat red peppers or cashews, just random stuff. But literally overnight, his colic went away by okay, me changing wow. my diet. And then that also got me to like making my own products for myself. Yeah, which is such an indication that exactly what you put in your body really does affect you and what you that's put right. on your body affects you too. Well, and that's one of our like, one of our mantras at Cape here is what you put on your body is as important what you put in your body. Cause I yeah. was always into like nutrition and like wellness and working out without even realizing what I was putting on my skin was affecting my well being too. Yeah, clearly. Uh, I mean, especially with the uh, fitness background, right. but I love a little bit of your your backstory and how you're talking about how you've kind of had all of these different businesses. Yeah. Um, I, cause I really do believe that when you are an entrepreneur at heart, you really are an entrepreneur at heart. Yeah. <laughs> and often the entrepreneurial journey goes that way where before you have your, uh, business or your company that really takes off, there's often a few steps or a few tries with yeah. different kinds of companies before you get to the one that really actually works. And I think that's a big thing too, when people see like the success of the business now, they think, oh, she's so lucky or it happened, but it's like, I've been a hairdresser, I've been a server, I've sold insurance, I was a vet assistant, like all these things, like my my resume is really long. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. That's like <clears throat> I say, um, my first entrepreneurial journey was hustling chocolate bars when I was in elementary oh, yeah. school. <laughs> yeah. Well, that just brought back memories, actually. Yeah, yeah. And then from there, just trying many different things and yeah. then eventually landing on a design business um, and now doing a bunch of media stuff. So I can relate to your story and yeah. it definitely sounds like you had the entrepreneurial bug in you from Absolutely. an early age. Yeah. Okay, so you go to the doctor and mm -hmm. you get this news that your son has a high level of aluminum and plastics. Yes. Um, and that doesn't surprise me because that's something I've been hearing a lot about too is the microplastics that people have in their bodies. I don't know much about this, but I think I, I heard a statistic that like um, on an annual basis, the average... Uh, is that we consume a credit card worth of plastic yeah. just from breathing it in or from food and stuff like that, um, which is pretty wild. And so yeah. that must have been um, really scary news when you got that. It was really shocking because, again, coming from that wellness and fitness background, and I'm only breastfeeding and think I'm doing all the correct things. And to know that that is actually wasn't the fact because of all, so the parabens are a big one in the beauty industry, like the plastics, there's a ton of list of unnecessary ingredients in a lot of products. So, but that's the biggest one is the parabens. And then with the deodorant, yeah, the aluminum. So that was 2010 when my third son was born. I started the gym in 2012 and 2014, my daughter was born. And then 2016, I accidentally started Cape Here. <laughs> After after having four kids. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So. so my daughter was two. 
She wasn't even two yet. She was a year and a half because I started it in the in the winter. But so you have a very busy household. Four yes. boys, a girl, a little girl who's two, and now you launch Cape Here. Yes. Okay, so let's get into that. What how how did the launch happen? Because you just talked about this bowl of what was it, coconut butter? Coconut oil and, and baking soda. And why what why those two things? Because baking soda is generally what absorbs odor and wetness. Okay. And then so the coconut oil is kind of a carrier. It was very primitive deodorant yeah but it did the job for me it worked for me so you were using this as deodorant yes okay and then you this was just like a concoction that you had done yes so literally for six years that's what I was doing and then and are you just like taking a scoop with yep. your hand and then yeah so after the shower your skin so this is we can get into this later but that's <laughs> like our deodorant now is a cream based too people are like I have to touch my armpit I'm like it's your armpit it's not your private so even if it was it's your own and it's after the shower (laughs) (laughs) but that's yeah you're good that's been a big education piece too is teaching people how to apply deodorant with their hands but yeah we do it with our lotions and stuff so so why not I think normally the thing is because antiperspirants are so sticky but ours is literally a body butter it's a whipped body butter that has the baking soda in it so people you know you put it on your hands after people put it under their breasts or anywhere else that gets sweaty and it's not sticky so it's just that education education piece about it well and i think that there's um how can i say this i feel like that there is almost a a lot of unlearning that people are going through right now or at least i am where these ways and thing of ways of consuming products or even consuming media um that you are familiar with because every single time you go to the groceries or the the um the drugstore and you get deodorant it comes in a tube that's right and you put it on in a it comes in a plastic vessel that's right. um and so that is what is the norm for deodorant but that's, that's right. those are you know big corporate products that are being pushed that's right and that's what they decided it should and be. that's what they decided it should mm-hmm. be and so but because we're familiar with that it's almost like you have to unlearn that way of that's what the definition of deodorant is and kind of switch your mindset to something different. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So, um, how did, did, did that product then, was that the origin of launching K-Pure? No, it wasn't. I had made some lip balm and a sugar scrub. Okay. That was going to be used to promote the gym. And so we made these gift boxes for local businesses and we put this lip balm and I printed the labels on my home printer. And because my fitness studio name was called KP Fitness, my middle name is Patricia. Okay. We called it KP or I called it KP. Now I have a habit of saying we, even though. Yeah, it's you. It's always, even even when I was doing it then, I would say we and people would be like, why are you saying we? It's you (laughs) in your kitchen. I'm like, shh. (laughs) (laughs) So it was KP Naturals that I printed on this little label on the lip balm and same with the scrub and then we put it in this gift box with like t-shirts from the gym and gym passes and handed them out to local businesses to promote the gym mm-hmm. and then that just kind of snowballed and one of the stores was like and was the gym sorry the gym yep. was your gym yes so this was your business yes okay cool yeah so really a serial entrepreneur here yes <laughs> do you still have the gym no okay no okay no and I thought I'd be a personal trainer and have that gym till I was 80. Like that was the plan. Yeah. And the universe had other ideas. So so I used those. And then I had a little shoebox of essential oils at home. And the mantra at the gym was keep going. And so I developed this scent. Uh, it's still one of our best-selling sprays. And it, it's uh, citrus with spearmint. And I would spray the girls while they were working out with this spray. <laughs> Say, keep going. Because I was, I could be very loud. And I was a boot camp instructor. And so I would spray them with this uplifting s- spray. And they loved it. And then they would take, they'd spray their faces after. And then... That sounds amazing. I'm th- I'm having a visual of going around and spraying my staff. Yeah. <laughs> with, with the spray and going, keep going, yeah. keep going. <laughs> and that was literally the mantra of the gym. Like I had it written on walls and everywhere. And so we called this, Kate, this spray, keep going. And then to counterbalance that one, I came up with one called Settle Down, because that's when you're a mother and you'll learn this soon, you say settle down a lot. And it was, it was like a lavender calming spray. And so I spray my kids with that one. And then so the girls at the gym were interested in that. And it just became this little shelf at the gym where every morning I would make little bottles of it, like drops at a time to make these sprays. And say so that's how Good Morning came about. That's one of our sprays too. And then the girls knew that I'd been making my own deodorant. And because most of them were new moms 
and working out, they were the perfect test subjects for a deodorant. Right. So I would make a little batch at home and bring them samples and then they'd give their feedback. And that's how Get Closer Deodorant was created. Very cool. Yeah. And so then that just kind of snowballed. And honestly, every month I would be like, okay, well, this is it. Like they're all going to buy these sprays once or twice and the deodorant and then I'll just keep doing the gym. And I still feel like that sometimes. But. Yeah. <laughs> and so how, so they obviously were really loving the product. Mm-hmm. Um, and how cool is it that you almost have like a focus group? That's exactly what it was. Right it was like there. an in-house focus group that was free and the best focus group to have. Yeah. Because they're into fitness, they're into wellness and they're female and new moms. And so you're hitting that demographic. So they're getting sweaty. They're hormonal after just having babies and stuff and so that you know the chemistry of your body can change and all that stuff so the deodorant still is our number one selling product i know i want to get my hands on this deodorant okay okay cool because i I have not been wearing deodorant since i got pregnant i still don't wear deodorant i'm not breastfeeding anymore and sometimes i'm like oh my god i i can i can really smell myself (laughs) i need a deodorant but i don't want to go back to using like a, a drugstore deodorant that's just full of chemicals well and it's crazy what happens when people switch from the antiperspirant to a natural deodorant they stop the antiperspirant and they think they're having a reaction to the natural deodorant but actually what's happening is the body is purging all of the junk that has been in your pores and in your lymph nodes like sometimes people get like welts on their on their lymph nodes like lumps one lady went to the doctor and he's like, something's going on. You're expelling something. And it was, and one girl told me she could still smell her old antiperspirant coming out of her pores like two weeks later. Yeah. I, I would believe that. Yeah. 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 I think it's, it's really bad for you. Yeah. So, um, okay, cool. I'm excited to try your deodorant because yes. I'm looking for a product yeah. right now. We'll send you some. Okay. Yeah. You, did you also have a charcoal deodorant product? That's the one. That is the yeah. one. Okay. So that's why it works so well. It's got baking soda and charcoal. So it absorbs odor and wetness, which normally natural deodorants will just absorb the odor yeah and you're still sweaty betty yeah but this one does really good job at moisturizing and absorbing odor and wetness does like a both. lot of men use it too okay one of the girls uh on our team crystal uses your deodorant oh. it speaks really highly of it awesome yeah um okay so you've got this focus group you're making these uh, i guess small batches very of, small batches yeah product at oh. home testing it on the girls at work mm-hmm. at this at the fitness studio and then how does that kind of parlay into you making any sales like where did when does that happen yeah so we would sell like honestly like for a bottle keep going if i would get a message the night before can you bring me a bottle keep going i would make like make with one bottle and the drops of essential oils in it and because we had sent those other products out to the local stores, a few of them were like, hey, this is like, this lip balm is amazing. This this scrub is amazing. Like, do you sell to stores? I remember the first call I got going, and then I started an Instagram page. And okay. it was so like, even I just, I went back a few weeks ago to look at like the first pages or like the pictures of like this bottle of this homemade label on my kitchen table, <laughs> thinking that it's this like artistic, this artistic shot anyways. <laughs> and so I started an Instagram page and then people were trying to order through Instagram. And then I finally launched a Shopify website. And then it all just, most of the stores we're in have approached us. They just found us on Instagram or whatever. It's the power of social media. Totally. Very cool. When you launched the Instagram page, yeah. what what were you offering? You had the deodorant, the lip balm. Yeah, with deodorant, lip balm, keep going, settle down, and a sugar scrub. Okay. And this is in 2016? Yes. So that is about eight years? Uh, six and a half years six now. We're coming up on ago. seven years. Yeah. Coming up on seven years. Yeah. Okay. So you've got a few products that you're still making at home mm-hmm. and you launched the Instagram page. Mm-hmm. People are trying to take orders, local stores, and this is all happening in Mission? Yes. Okay. So you you have like a the seed and a, a little budding product business yeah. here that it has completely happened accidentally. Absolutely. And what what like what was going through your head when you people are asking you to buy this product on social media? I was excited, but I still was like, and I don't know, like I'm finally dealing with imposter syndrome. Okay. But especially then, like we, I did a body butter, which is our second best selling product called Drenched, and. I like I just found recipes and I would just tweak the recipes until it was what I would want to use and then turned out other people would want to use it and I had my KitchenAid mixer and my 
on my kitchen counter and would just make these products. And the, but it, honestly, every month I'd be like, okay, hey, well, this is it. Like I kept, I would just use the money that I made selling those small batches to just buy more ingredients and more products. I remember the first time I placed a $2,000 order and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to lose my money because no one's <laughs> going to buy this stuff. Like, and that was after months of doing it because I really believed I'm like, just like my hat knitting business that this was just going to be fun for a few months. And then I'd go back to the gym. And so it's still it's like, even still now when like stores want to carry a product, I'm like, it's so weird. Yeah. Well, yeah, probably because you have such a close connection to the product yeah. and you you were actually like in your kitchen making it yourself. Yeah. Um, I was just going to ask, and how, when are you doing this? Because you have four kids, you're running a fitness studio. And then when are you making beauty products? In the middle of the night. In the middle of the night. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Literally. So, because I would have to get up at 4.30 to go to the gym to teach a personal training. I do personal training and then do a 6 a.m. class, come home, pick the kids up, drive them to school, take my daughter with me because she was only a year and a half to the fitness studio, teach a few more classes, go pick the boys up from school, go home, make them dinner, go back to the fitness studio to do an evening class, come home, put the kids to bed and then work on Cape Here wild it was wild like even now i'm like i can't like i go to bed at eight o'clock now like i can't i know can't imagine doing it again no (laughs) (laughs) yeah but it was just at the time i i didn't think it was going to be a big business so i'm like i just but i want to do this like but you were excited about it i'm excited about it and i didn't want any help at the time i'm like no only i can put the labels on perfectly only i can fill the bottles and the batches were still quite small then so i literally would work until like one or two in the morning yeah yeah i mean sometimes that happens as an entrepreneur where you you're it's almost a blessing not to be thinking about the future and to just be in the moment doing it and being excited about it and doing it because you love it. And that magic and that energy is um, ironically what turns it into a big business, even though that's not what it was when it started. Totally. Um, When you were taking these orders, so you have a Shopify website, Mm Did you build it yourself or did you have help? I built it myself. You did it all yourself. Okay. I have pictures of sitting at the kitchen table with my laptop and my daughter sitting on the kitchen table because she's a year and a half trying to like pull the laptop down while I'm trying to set up this Shopify website. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> totally. And still printing labels on my home printer like and yeah. doing all the everything. I did everything myself because I'm like, well, this is easy. I just plug in the picture and write a description and now I have a website. That's the nice thing about Shopify. But but that's what it's like in the beginning. You yeah. think you can do everything yourself, mm-hmm. right? And you, when did you make the switch? Or have you made the switch? I'm assuming yeah. that you have. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so when did you make the switch to maybe like bringing on help and who was your first hire? Uh, I had a couple girls. They were high school girls that would come in And they would help with labeling because it was getting to the point where like, I've had quite a few products now. Like we haven't, I don't know if I should get it for you too, but it's called Overachiever Balm and it's a great baby bum balm, but it's also good for like healing tattoos and like for bug bites and that kind of stuff. So suddenly the product line is expanding because people are going, Hey, have you thought of making this? And I'm like, give me a like. I'll do it. Yep. Yeah. You're like, great idea. Yep. Give me, I'll give me it. a few days. Yep. Give me a few days. <laughs> and that was the great part is that I'd have these small batches, but then it's getting to the point where someone's ordering like five different products, but I don't have, so I'm making product and they're not getting labeled and I'm trying to fill orders. And so I got these girls to come in and help with labeling. So that was a big one. And then when the business was 17 months old, like 17 months after I launched the website, I moved it out of the house because the house was overtaken with like shipping boxes and like body butters and all <sighs> Like the house was taken over. I don't want to say that's what caused my divorce because it isn't, but (laughs) it definitely was a strain with four little kids and we couldn't even sit down to eat dinner because the dining room table was my production area. Oh, for sure. So I finally, I found a little space that was just two blocks from the house and moved it in there and then made a hire of a woman that I knew from the gym um, after that. Okay. And when you say that you moved it in there, I mean, you're doing product development Mm -hmm. and you're you're fulfilling orders Mm -hmm. and you're packaging yes um and i'm sure you've you like you're keeping your inventory in yes. this one and so how big was the space that you moved into that was about thousand square feet which okay. at the time like i had a cute little sitting area with all these cacti and a cute little couch and then by the time uh, we moved out of there which was just earlier this year actually we were bursting at the seams we had an like a trailer out there for shipping and we had a shipping container for like storage and there's still storage at my house and storage at this other barn like 
we were busting at the seams and then i actually bought a commercial property this year like an actual warehouse so now it really feels like a real business very we have a cool. bay door and stuff yeah. very cool so and are you still doing product development yourself we manufacture everything in-house. There's a few things that we now um, have to, like um, I was telling you earlier, but we have a sunscreen come out, which is a different Health Canada regulation. So that gets produced in a licensed facility for those types of products. But I still develop all of the products and we manufacture everything in-house. So we, we manufacture, label, shipping, get it out the door. I can't I have so many questions about yes. this because I feel like creating a product-based business that you are actually making yourself. Yes. Uh, first of all, it's not easy. No. And then the learning curve that comes with how to handle fulfilling orders um. and shipping and um, just all of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, I have so many questions around that. So before we dive into kind of where you are right now, can you break down a little bit about like maybe the transition from the first year to year two? Because I know that um, usually in the first year, it's really like the learning curve is so steep. And really in the first five years, I always say the learning curve is really steep. But that first year, you're just figuring everything out. Yeah. And um, almost I would imagine everything is kind of overwhelming and exciting. And it doesn't seem real at that point. Correct. So in transitioning from that first year to that second year where you're like okay i'm making sales and sales are increasing yep. and you're expanding your product line mm -hmm. can you just talk a little bit about like what's going through your head or what's or even some of the challenges that you had at that time there was a few i mean because i'm a creative managing people is always an interesting one and letting go of that like when people say you need to work on the business, not in the business. I'm like, that's crazy. I have to be in the business, which isn't true. So that was a big learning curve. And now that I get that, um, it's now we have a team. Uh, I have five ladies that work um, for KPR. And the number one criteria for hiring now is that they can do that job better than I can and I can give them full ownership of it. And that was a big learning curve too, that can lighting go of control. But now obviously someone else can well, we have a label machine, but like they can do labels better than I can. They, they have the time now. I don't have time to like be putting, you know, body butter into jars because I have to work on the business. So finding someone that I can say, Hey, they actually do it better. And like, that was, a, I would say that's the biggest learning curve for sure. Mm -hmm. And then when COVID hit and supply chain issues, that was another big, like problem solving bit of a disaster, but yeah, and that piece that you're saying about managing people and, you know, learning how to be a good leader, learning how to be a good boss, you don't just wake up and know how to do that no. stuff, right? <laughs> or how to have difficult conversations or how to motivate your team. Yes. Um, yeah, so that you learn by doing and there's no like rule book or I don't I don't know, maybe there is an online course that you can take about it, but I don't I don't you're so busy as an entrepreneur that you're not usually looking for that stuff. That's right. You're just learning by doing. That's that's right. And I think the managing of the people was the biggest learn for me, for sure. Because I want everyone to like me and I want to be everyone's friend. And now I'm like, no, we can like, I am, because I'd always be like, I'm not your boss, but I am. So <laughs> I need to like. Yeah. 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 You know what? That That's um, something that I had to learn too, because in, well, two things. When you don't show up as the boss, even though you are, you're in a way kind of playing small. Correct. But then at the same time, if you aren't showing up as the boss, even though you are, you're also um, not taking accountability for the role that you need to play. That's right. And you can't hold others accountable the way that they need to be held accountable. Agreed. So it becomes really messy. Yes. And I feel like that that's something that also is a learned skill absolutely like being a no where do you learn how to be a boss like i feel like now it's been almost seven years and i'm just kind of learning yeah yeah because it was that i'm like just, just do your thing it's fine it's fine whatever you think yeah now it's like okay i'm still gonna check on you and like give you direction and you still need to check with me and some stuff but i do want them to take ownership of the role but while still i need to i need to be a better not a better boss, but like you're saying, like be a better, a better leader. leader. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it, this is making me think of uh, uh, someone who I've been referencing a lot on the podcast and who's actually come on the, the show is Todd Henry. And he wrote the book, Herding Tigers, which is all about leading creative teams. And one of the things that he talks about is um, 
when you refer to your company or your business as a family, like even that can be a really toxic way of creating culture because it's not family. And right. like in, in, you know, Madison could drive me crazy or my husband could, but I'm not going to fire my family. That's right. Right. And so when you refer to your business or, and I'm not saying that you are, yeah. and, but um, I mean, I've definitely been in that yeah. place before where I refer to my culture or my team or us as like family or work yeah. family, but that can create, that can be really messy as well. And it can create kind of a toxic culture because it's just not true. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, I had a bad habit of that, especially at the beginning with, with mixing pleasure and work and bringing too much personal and letting the people on the team bring too much personal to the table. And now we try to keep, well, we do keep it a little more professional. And but at the same time, if someone's having a bad mental health day or I like, I want to hear about it, just it can't affect. Which is it's so hard. Fine balance. It, it is so hard yeah. because you care as a person, right? Mm-hmm. You, and you, and you care about the people that work for you That's and right. you care about those relationships. But I can totally understand what you're saying where mm-hmm. learning as a leader, you know, you can't bring too much personal to work and you can't allow others to bring too much personal right. work. And it's like a, a fine line navigating how to, um, or learning how to navigate that. Absolutely. Yeah. It's not easy. It's not easy. Because I don't <laughs> want you to bring your stuff to work because I don't keep bring my stuff to work. But at the same time, if you are having stuff going on at home and it's going to affect your work, like I want my door to is open. That. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's a big one. That's mm-hmm. a really big one. So for people who are listening, I'm sure that there's going to be a little takeaway with, with this part of what we're talking about because it does take a long time to learn how to be a good leader and how to be a great boss. And I feel like that is also forever learning. Absolutely it is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you talked about um, shipping and fulfill- fulfillment issues when COVID hit. So talk about that a little bit because that was, I guess, what, what are we at now? Almost three years ago. Mm-hmm. Wild. Three years ago. Wild. Yeah. Yeah. So when that first hit, it was based, it felt like overnight that everything just shut down and we're in over 300 stores across Canada. So when you are, yeah, good for you. Thank you. So when those stores shut down, I thought my business was going to like tank. And so I was really nervous. Um, at this point I'm a single parent and I'm like, oh my goodness, like I'm going to, what's going to happen? I was, it was really stressful, but the nice thing about us having an online store and that people need deodorant that uh, it still yeah. drove everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Can you smell me right now? No, no. I, no. I, I really need deodorant though. <laughs> Someone should have told me before I came. <laughs> Rhea, you got to get on that. You know I need deodorant. <laughs> There's a reason everyone's keeping their distance. No, I'm just kidding. You don't smell. <laughs> Uh, so the uh, brick and mortar store shut down, but it drove uh, the sales to our the, the retail website. Okay. So Wait, it drove it was, people to order online rather than going to stores. To stores. Because, okay, so when the pandemic hit, so you're in 300 stores, mm-hmm. which is wild. Thank you. Let's back up here for a second. How did you get into 300 stores across Canada? It was really organic. We now have a sales team in uh, Toronto who takes care of East Coast stuff. But up until they came on board, it was I never did a single sales call because I just found that didn't work. Being like, hey, do you want to try my stuff? Like, because it's such a saturated market. So I focus the energy on social media and word of mouth. And so most stores would find us through the Instagram page and That's reach wild. out and be like, we want to be in your store. Are you, we want you, you to be, be in our store. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's amazing. And because the beauty industry is such a saturated market yeah. and wellness and beauty has been you know, the big thing in the last yeah. however many years. And so even when you're launching in 2017, you're still entering a very saturated market. Absolutely. Did you think about that at the time? Or oh, was, yeah. Yeah. Like, that's why, again, I never thought I'm like, we don't. The funny thing is, is that my joke before ever starting this was, oh, look, another celebrity with another skincare line, just like what we need. Like, because, oh, goody, more skincare. And when I first started, two people would ask uh, if we're going to do skincare, because it was just body care products. It was deodorant, body butter, the sprays. And I said, no, I'm never getting into skincare because there's too many skin types. There's too many, like too many things, too many moving parts. I like to keep things simple. 
But what started happening was, so for example, the sleepy time wash that you have, moms were emailing saying they were using it to wash their face and loving it. Well, it does smell so good. Thank you. <laughs> and that it does because it's 100% organic. And then same with the body butter. People were using it on their face because of the, the type of ingredients that it used doesn't clog your pores. I'm like, what? And so then that, like now we call the body butter, it's whipped face and body butter because you can use it head to toe. And that's how it evolved into an, a, doing skincare also. Because like you said, when you go into a drugstore, you need one cleanser for this. You need you need to have like 20 products on your on your counter. When in fact you don't, because mm -hmm. what you wash your baby's delicate skin with, you can also wash your face with mm -hmm. and marketing it as such. Like it's a foaming face and baby wash. That's what's on the label. And say like, so just multi-purpose because the ingredients, you don't need 500 ingredients to put on your face. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that's how that evolved into that. So the getting into 300 stores across Canada happens really organically mm -hmm. and you never had to do a sales call. I mean, I think mm -hmm. that's pretty incredible and a, a pretty incredible testament to the appetite that people have for your brand. Yeah. And so that was a big thing, like just focusing on social media and just telling the story. Like people love hearing the story. And sometimes I'm like, oh, no one wants to hear it again. I'm like, oh, well, it's people haven't heard it yet or like different aspects of the story like everything we're talking about now giving little snippets of that or doing behind the scenes at the where we're making things and showing like this used to be a KitchenAid mixer now it's this giant in industrial mixer you know so just people like to be part of the community which then gives them loyalty to the brand too which yeah and there's a sense that of the the handmade element mm -hmm. to it too which it sounds like is still really a big part of Absolutely. all the products. And yeah. so for me, I mean, I'm drawn to that because you kind of want your wellness products to be handmade. <laughs> Absolutely. And knowing then that there's not ingredients that are toxic to, you know, the, the girls working in production because everything is completely natural. So that's, it's keeping everybody safe. Like they're not working with, you know, chemicals and gross ingredients or we need to go to like a co-packer because we can do it in in house yeah yeah so going back to what you're saying with um the pandemic hits yeah. and then you know stores are shutting down or they're not carrying your product anymore mm -hmm. but thank god you have an online store so a month before the pandemic hit i was in palm springs with my sister and some friends and one of the friends said you really need to come out with a hand sanitizer this no is, way. <laughs> um, this is February 2020. And I was like, well, it's funny. We've been thinking about it because people do request it. And I got back and started working on hand sanitizer. And the pandemic literally was two weeks away. And suddenly the pandemic the pandemic hits and no one can get hand sanitizer. So I'm like, it's that's time to like... That's very serendipitous. It's, that's my favorite word, by the way. Okay. Serendipity. Because yeah. I, like, I feel like everything that's been happening is serendipitous. Like, it just all kind of happened. And to me, that means that you are very much in the flow of life. I feel like when you are in flow and uh, the universe presents opportunities and kind of rolls out the red carpet, Absolutely. when you are really in alignment with yourself and, and your values and where you want to be and where you're going. So, I mean, kudos to you for all Thank of you. this. Yeah. So then that was a new problem because I developed this recipe for this hand sanitizer. It's made with aloe vera and organic glycerin and essential oils, but it still has the alcohol component to it. Well, suddenly no one can get alcohol anywhere. But if you know anything about Mission in the Fraser Valley, there's a lot of grow-ups out there. <laughs> yeah, totally. And someone gave me the intel that these grow-up stores have isopropyl alcohol, which is what I needed. And so I drove around in my little SUV with my four kids and went to all these grow-up stores. And it was mostly a limit of like two one-gallon jugs. And I went around and that's how I got my supply of alcohol to do this hand sanitizer. And that was huge for the brand, for sure, with COVID coming out. And then we also donated tons to like first responders and nurses and stuff that couldn't get their hands on it. Wow. Yeah. So Amazing. It was at March, April, like that beginning of 2020 was the busiest ever for us. Wow, yeah. that's incredible. Yeah. And um, how cool is it that you have got a hand sanitizer yeah. as well that doesn't have like a lot of chemicals and stuff yes. like that in it. So amazing. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So when you are learning about um, or say more about this time when you're looking at your business and going like, 
OMG, maybe I'm not going to have a business anymore. Is that what was going through your head or? Yeah, it was really stressful for a little bit there. It was really stressful because literally overnight, all of our stores shut down. And then because of like the COVID protocols and stuff, I had to lay off half the team. So I was back in and suddenly we come out with hand sanitizer and sailed like and everybody's coming online to order stuff they would normally go to the store for and suddenly we're smoking busy but because of like six feet rule i can't even remember what all the rules were then but we could only have two or three of us working at a time so i'm back to like working 12 14 hour days packing boxes and helping in production and all that stuff again yeah wild it was wild for yeah. sure and then when so now that we're through the pandemic <laughs> and um it's been three years and it seems like it's it's um, not as much of an issue as obviously it was in 2020. Um, where where are you now? How many staff do you have? Um, are you back into 300 stores? Yep. Okay. Yep, we are, yeah, and still growing. We have the, the sales rep team that I was telling you on the East Coast. They do a really great job and then still growing here on the West Coast. Um, I have five full-time girls at work and they they're like the dream team. Like finally I'm like, hey, the pieces are coming together. <laughs> yeah, it takes a while. It does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and okay, so you have five staff, you're mm -hmm. back in stores, but you've, and you just moved again. Yes. So you're now you're in this new location. Yep, still in mission, still nice and close to home. You've got the warehouse. Yes. And are you shipping across Canada? Are you shipping internationally? No, we've always done international. Okay. Yeah, so we have like customers in Australia and Europe and down in the States and stuff. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. And have you, over the last, you know, six, seven years, have you seen like just a steady increase in revenue or yes. have you had, has it been Well, there was a big, uh, it was definitely a steady increase up until COVID. And then there was this giant spike with COVID yeah. because of everybody having to come to the online store. And then now we're, it's, we're going up again. Yeah. 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 And where, where do you have like a vision for... Cape here now. I mean, you're not, when did you stop doing the gym? So I started, I launched the website in February, 2016 on April fool's day. After one of my boot camp classes, I said to the girls, some of the regulars I said, I'm selling the gym and doing Cape here full time. And one lady actually started crying and I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm just kidding. April fools. I will never do that to you ever which not realizing <laughs> six months later, October, 2016, I had to make a choice and I was driving to the gym. It's five in the morning. I'm on like two or three hours of sleep. The business is really busy. It's still just me by myself. My daughter's just turned two and I'm driving and I'm like, I have to make a choice. And so that day I decided to shut the gym. So wow. I said a month I went and I'm like, and I'm very, um, fly by the seat of my pants and I don't really think I'm very spontaneous. And I was like, that's it. We're done. I'm like, in a month, we're done. Wow. Yeah. Close up the gym. And then yeah. you're like, I'm going to focus on Cape here yes. full time. Which was really scary because I honestly thought that I would be a personal trainer for the very rest of my life. And I loved it. I yeah. love that job. And also Cape here is kind of in, it's still in its infancy. Absolutely. So it's probably not like you've got the income right. where you're like, it makes financial sense to make this switch. That's right. That's right. But I meant I couldn't physically, I could not do it anymore. I yeah. couldn't physically do both anymore. So I had to make a choice and I made the right one. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, that, the biggest thing with that was because we had such a great community at the gym. Like the women really, like I still get emails going, I miss your boot camp because we had such a good positive community of women and I'm like how am I going to translate that into this online presence like now I'm behind a computer now I'm selling deodorant on the internet like how do I and so that's where the social media really came in and now I feel like I have developed a really great online community and where the reach is farther so instead of the same 25 women every morning at 6 a.m or at 9 a.m or whatever it's this bigger group and I get some really nice emails you know when you talked about not wearing deodorant um, a big thing is a lot of women, when they get breast cancer, their doctors tell them to stop using antiperspirant. And so we get a lot of emails from people saying, I found your brand and I love your deodorant. And it's because my, like a lot of really great stories like that. So the community is really good. And then it's helped us with giving back and stuff too, where we just have a bigger audience to help with that kind of stuff. So it's just translated that small community of amazing women in real life to on an online presence. Mm -hmm. I love that you're talking about community and I've 
talked about this on the podcast a lot, but um, even in, you know, my position being so busy already with all the various projects that we're working on and with design and other media projects, like why add something else and why do a podcast? But for me, it really at the core of it really is community and (laughs) being able to connect with other entrepreneurs, other business owners, other people like yourself and, um, really just helping to support and lift up the community around me um, that I wouldn't necessarily get to do just from my interior design studio. So that's really what the podcast is about. And when you're talking about community, I just, I I love that you're saying those words and that that's an important value to you and your brand because it also is to me in this podcast. So yeah, there's a good synergy there. Yeah. So like when I had the gym and it was, we didn't talk about losing weight or losing inches. It was about being stronger. And like, I would get the girls to write affirmations, like I'm whatever I am. And then whatever, and we plaster them on the wall. So while they're working out, they can read all these affirmations. And it was really beautiful. And then now with this, with Cape Here, like we never talk about anti-aging or anti-wrinkle or nothing. It's about being healthy and wellness and have healthy skin and a healthy body, not putting those toxins in your body, not trying to anti-age, which to me is silly anyways, but yeah, yeah creating that community of just we want wellness for us and our families yeah I love that so much do you spend um time with your staff at Cape here and do you do um any kind of like visioning together do you guys talk about your values um as a company do you like exactly what you're talking I love that you're saying that you did that with um your team at the gym yeah you know and you get you had them write affirmations and you're really to me that sounds like you're really coming together and and investing in each other that way so I'm just curious if you do anything like that with your team at Cape here so with the team what I used to always make all the big decisions on my own and then if I made a mistake well it's only on me like as far as like say sponsoring or like getting involved with another brand or whatever but now I've really like when I have roadblocks like that or issues like that I really get the team involved to like here's this is why we turn down this collaboration because it just doesn't feel right and I want their input and now it's like hey the such and such wants wants us to sponsor do you think we should do it and they'll be like nope or yep or do you think it's good fit so I really love getting them involved because then they're really invested in the brand also and they love seeing where the brand's going we're for the first time working with a PR company now and like they were like what's your and I told them like don't talk about anti-aging, get me like into podcasts, which you invited me to this one, which was lovely, oh. but I, <laughs> there's another serendipitous moment I know, right? for you. <laughs> like that's why when we had a meeting the other day, I'm like, by the way, I'm doing a podcast with Karen Bond. They're like, what? I'm like, I don't even need you guys this month. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> but that kind of stuff, just creating the awareness of wellness and not, you know, trying to be younger and all that kind of stuff. So I, but yes, I love getting the team involved and getting their input on that stuff because again, I'm learning. I make some pretty dumb mistakes sometimes. I'm like, yes, yes, we want to be involved in your event and we'll give you all this money. And the girls are like, don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's, I, I love that you're incorporating your team into some of the decisions too. Mm-hmm. I think that that's really awesome and really special and um, definitely the uh, growth of a leader right that it's not all about you and that you you're not the one that where the buck stops or that you're making all the decisions on your own but Mm -hmm. that you can learn and grow and let go a little bit absolutely yeah do you have any other um while we're talking about it just any other learnings as a leader that really stick out to you um that have contributed to where the company and the brand is now um i think this kind of goes back to what we were talking about before too but just like I've learned that if somebody doesn't like me, that's okay. And it took me a long time to get there. I'm 43 and I think maybe 43 is when I'm finally figuring that out. And so instead of like taking, I wish I had been more direct with uh, ex-employees before letting them go, like giving them more, instead of being like, I don't, that's a learning curve for me. Like just being honest instead of just being like, oh, I'm laying you off because there's no work. Instead of just being like, hey, like your work is not up to par. This is where it needs to be. So that's been a big um part two now with being like a leader, separating my my personal from the business, not like hanging out socially with the girls on the team, like trying to be that, you know what I mean? Let them do it or I'll take them out for lunches and stuff. But you know what I mean? Not trying to be their buddy, just being that. It's kind of what we we're talking about before too, but that learning part of it, we're like having uncomfortable conversations. Mm-hmm. I need to learn to do better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's... Um, like I said before, too, for me, too, it, I mean, the learning is um, 
doesn't stop. <laughs> it doesn't stop. And I think um, having that humility mm-hmm. too uh, is an important characteristic for being able to grow. And mm. that's the thing that I love about entrepreneurship actually is that you are forever learning. And I feel like if you're into personal development, becoming an entrepreneur is oh. one of the best ways that you can um, really like put some fire to that or some fuel to that fire Absolutely. for personal development. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you have any favorite products? What's your personal favorite product at KPR? It'll always be keep going. Okay. Keep going will always be my favorite. It's just, just, I love it. Um, and our go-getter is our face moisturizer. That's really good. Okay, cool. Well, I have really enjoyed this conversation and I think, um, I love the brand and hearing you talk about the brand and the community element and, you know, the handmade and handcrafted element and clearly the way that you treat your team and the staff and the growth of your company is really amazing. So I feel like my own personal um, affinity to the brand is even bigger after having this conversation. Um, I'm excited to try more of your products. Where can people find you? Like, what's your social media handle? What's your website? How do people get hands on your product uh, so instagram and tiktok are cape your naturals oh you're on tiktok yes nice. <laughs> awesome trying to evolve with the times but yes. sometimes i'm like oh my goodness i don't know how do i keep trying to be funny for us for the brand that's which is working is trying to be funny and educational at the same time okay, and short cool. yeah keeping it short keeping and it short. funny and educational short and sweet yeah it's that's a funny that's you want to talk about learning curves order. oh my oh, yeah. goodness because I felt like I was just getting a handle on Instagram. And then now it's like, well, no, you have to do reels and TikTok. <laughs> yeah, totally. And then the website is capepurenaturals.com. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Well, Karen, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks I really appreciate it. And uh, we'll definitely keep in touch. And I'm excited to try more products. Yeah, we'll get you some. Thanks, awesome. Karen. It's always the end of these conversations that get really exciting for me. I love it when a business owner is willing to get real about their successes, yes, because let's not forget to celebrate success, but I really love it when an entrepreneur is willing to be open about some of their challenges. I particularly love the moment when we were talking about the need to be liked, that pesky people-pleasing tendency that women seem to have. (laughs) Well, as a boss... That doesn't really work because being liked doesn't mean that the job is necessarily getting done. I thought it was really refreshing that Karen was willing to be open about the challenges and learning that come with not allowing work to get too personal. When work relationships get too personal, they often lack professionalism, which ends up being the demise of those relationships. And I've experienced my own challenges with this as a boss. In fact, I could probably dedicate an entire podcast episode to all the HR learnings I've had in the time that I've been in business. Okay, so that was my big takeaway from this conversation. What was yours? Let us know in the comments below and be sure to tag both myself and at kpurenaturals, especially if you're tagging on Instagram because we'd both love to hear from you. We wanna know what really resonated with you from this conversation. And if you've made it this far in the podcast, good on you. I appreciate you. And I appreciate all of you listeners who are downloading these podcasts. I hope we are learning a lot together on this podcast journey. Thank you so much for listening. Love you guys. And we'll see you in the next episode.